0: It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396.
1: Good morning and welcome to Ask the Experts. My name is Brian Black. I'm here speaking with Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. So, we uh, have an interesting subject today. You've been brought in especially to discuss the subject of gun trusts. Um, And I don't know what a gun trust is, so you're going to have
0: to do quite a bit of explaining today. So, what is a gun trust? Well, a gun trust uh, is a specifically designed trust that is intended to address uh, specific issues uh, Mm -hmm. that relate to firearms, basically. Okay. Um. The, um, you know If anyone has met with an attorney for a purpose of setting up a, their estate planning, they all, they all know what a revocable living trust is. And, right. and a gun trust is, is a uh, specifically designed trust that's intended to um, keep uh, your heirs and your successor trustees out of jail.
1: Okay, so this is all specifically dealing with the National Firearms Act. Correct?
0: It is. It is the National Firearms Act is essentially the the first attempt of gun control. Okay. In 1934, um, uh, this was back in the mobster area, the Capone area, and right. uh, the government decided that they needed to do something. Just right. like we are talking about today, needing to do something about. The events that transpire today. But back in 1934, they passed the National Firearms Act. Mm-hmm. And the interesting way they did this, they, they knew that they couldn't... They, there was a Second Amendment. The Second right. Amendment was passed in 1791 that was very clear that, uh, that, you, that the government could not restrict his, uh, ownership of firearms. And so right. the government actually... Instead of trying to restrict them, they they put a tax on them, and they put a tax on various uh, firearms, and they they targeted machine guns, Mm -hmm. fully automatic weapons, um, short barreled shotguns, short barreled rifles, uh, some and some other devices, and a suppressor. And a suppressor is sometimes referred to as a. um, a, uh, a silencer. silencer, Okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And all of these things, I, I,
1: I guess I see the logic there is that they, they, uh, they thought that they were keeping by taxing something heavily. Uh, and I know that a lot of people who are familiar with the second amendment and, and purchasing firearms are familiar with the term tax stamp. Um, I guess they thought that by taxing these items heavily, they were keeping, the, the, keeping them out of the hands of people who couldn't afford them and so therefore might want to use them to commit crimes. Is that
0: correct? That's correct. And the, and the tax stamp cost $200, and that okay. was back in 1934. If you'd use That's a a, lot. Uh, a calculator that transfers that to today's dollars, it's uh, between $3,500 to $4,000. Wow. So the idea was to keep these firearms out of normal people's hands right. because it was too expensive to uh, acquire them. And what's interesting, the first case that came out of the National Firearms Act was a, a case called U.S. versus Miller. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Miller was a, a bad guy, okay. and he uh, uh, used a sawed-off shotgun to commit a crime. Okay. And the government prosecuted him on the, under the NFA. Okay. Interestingly enough, the lower court threw the case out because of the Second Amendment. Oh, wow. says, so look, you can't. The NFA is not constitutional. You can't restrict ownership of firearms, and the and the lower court threw it out. Okay. The government appealed, and Mr. Miller, being the bad guy that he was, apparently didn't have money for a good attorney. Mm-hmm. And when it went on appeal, there was no attorney representing his interest. Wow! And so um, on appeal, the. Uh, the- the court decided that a sawed-off shotgun was not a firearm that was typically used by the military, and therefore it was not protected. And the Supreme Court affirmed it. So, for for from 1938 until. This recent Teller decision that came down a few years ago, really, mm-hmm. that was the only case that where the Supreme Court had weighed in on the issue.
1: So, real, real quick, when you said they decided that a sawed-off shotgun was not used by the military, is that because the Second Amendment is specifically designed to provide for a militia? Is that the, the well, interpretation w- there?
0: I, I think that's what the Supreme Court uh, looked at. They, mm-hmm. they, they tried to find a way to make sure this guy didn't get away. Right. So, that was the decision that that was rendered say, so, hey... Firearms that are protected are firearms that are basically can be used by the military. Sure, and this shot off shotgun isn't used by the military. That was wrong, quite frankly. Right. Because they uh, they had trench guns, the uh, shotguns, uh, short well, sure. barrel shotguns were used by the military all the time. But that's what the Supreme Court used to to justify uh, putting this guy away.
1: So uh, when you talked about a, a more recent decision, a Heller decision, what is that?
0: Well, <clears throat> that was a, a recent decision where the um, uh, the second, I think it was the Second Amendment Foundation, Alan Gura, Alan Gottlieb, they they brought a case in front of the, uh, the, the Washington, uh, the DC court, mm-hmm. and uh, challenged the uh, constitutionality of Washington DC's strict gun laws. Okay, and um, they basically says, and I think at the time the law was you could not have an operating firearm in your possession.
1: Well, that seems
0: and and so they challenged clear. it, and and it. Uh, uh, it went to uh, the the lower court in the Washington D.C. ruled in their favor, and and I read the the uh, opinion. It was a well reasoned opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the justice assumed that it was going to be appealed, and it went to the appellate court. They affirmed it. Went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court pretty much came down and says, "Yeah, the Second Amendment means what it says. It, you cannot prohibit ownership of firearms." Now, the Supreme Court also said there are. Uh, reasonable restrictions that can be placed on firearms. So it it, it was a, a, a victory for the Second Amendment because right. <laughs> it cleared up the fact that the whole intent of the F- Second Amendment was to protect individuals' right to firearms and not some uh, National Guard's right to, to, to form a, a militia. Okay.
1: There seems to be a lot of history here, and uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to discuss even further the foundation for the reasons why you might need a gun trust uh, to protect your rights and the rights of your heirs. We're speaking to Bob Nguyen from Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you've got a question for Bob, please give us a call at 702-257-5396. You're listening to Ask the Experts on AM 720 KDON.
0: Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN.
1: Welcome back. Brian Black here with Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe Associates. If you'd like to get in touch with Brian A. Lowe & Associates, give them a call at 702-259-0002, or you can visit their website at southernnevadalawyers.com. So, Bob, we've talked about a couple of different uh, major decisions over the years from the Supreme Court, the Miller decision and the Heller decision uh, that led up to the need uh, for regulation with the National Firearms Act uh, with the need to be able to conform to that act in order to purchase certain types of firearms. Um, is there anything after the Heller decision that weighs into that uh, decision process?
0: Well, the Heller decision was just more of a, a follow-up to the Miller. The it didn't really have anything to do with... that the, caused the, the uh, gun trust to to become a, mm-hmm. a, 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 a valuable way to manage uh, firearms. Going back to the, the National Firearms Act, it identified uh, various... Firearms that were that you had to have the stamp from the, the government, and right. the last few years has been it's been very popular for people to use suppressors. I don't okay. know if you've ever shot a firearm with a suppressor.
1: Yes, absolutely. I've heard that the sales are through the roof these they, days. They are
0: through the roof. And and they, they, they make shooting so much more pleasant. Uh, right. you, your ears aren't ringing. Uh, you, you don't necessarily have to even use uh, hearing protection when you shoot a suppressed firearm. Right. Over in Europe, there are places if you're hunting, you have to use a suppressor so you don't disturb the neighbors while right. you're hunting. <laughs> it, it makes no sense that suppressors were on this list of, uh, you know, Prohibited firearms, but in any event, the National Firearms Act set up a a a, a a a way to acquire these 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 firearms. You could own them, right? You just had to jump through the steps. And this National Firearms Act not only required a two hundred dollar fee, but you had to do certain things. You had to submit fingerprints, you had to submit photos, you had to get a a, a letter from the chief law enforcement officer. And who is that? Well, it's the sheriff, usually okay. of whatever county. Okay. And and submit all of that with your application, and then if the, then BATF uh, looks at it and they they okay at the uh, you take your two hundred dollar fee and send you a stamp, and then you have the right to possess one of those uh, short barreled shotgun, machine gun the suppressor, fully autom- those types of firearms. Okay. The law also said that a, a corporation, a limited liability company, a trust. Could acquire these uh, firearms that are identified under the National Firearms Act. Is it because legally they're viewed as an individual? Is that why? Not necessarily individual, but they're viewed as a legal entity. Okay, I got you. So a corporation can can own assets, Um, and so the the um, uh, the requirement is a little different for a corporation, Mm -hmm. an LLC, or trust. You can't fingerprint a corporation. Right. Pictures of a corporation. But they recognized if somebody was going to the trouble of creating a corporation or an LLC or a, a trust, that it's probably not the, the bad uh, uh, mobsters that, that they were intending to keep these firearms out of. Right. So the, the law allowed trusts to acquire these, these, um, um, these, uh, these weapons. And they're obviously not going to fingerprint everyone that works for a, a big company. They're not. Uh, the person that applies for it still has to, can't be a convicted felon, can't, right. uh, I mean, he can't be a prohibited person from a, if you, you have to be able to right. own a firearm, uh, even if you're uh, applying on behalf of a corporation or an LLC, because you're the trustee, uh, or the, the president, or whatever. What are those requirements? You can't be a convicted felon, what else? Oh, gee, um, there's, there's you, you can't have been charged with a crime that will result in a prison sentence, so if somebody... Arrests you and charges you with a fo- crime, even if it's completely baseless. Mm-hmm. You're you're a prohibited person under the uh, under the firearms law. Okay, uh, if you've been uh, arrested and convicted for domestic violence, you you can't own a firearm. Okay. I mean, there uh, if you if you are a habitual user of uh, drugs, all you right, cannot own firearms. Now, do you
1: have to have been convicted of a drug offense, or is it just no?
0: Oh, it's just really not. If you admit to using uh, a Prohibited drugs, right? Uh, you're or if you deemed, failed a drug test, for instance, well, that's I, on public record. Maybe uh, I'm not sure about that, um, but if you if you go down if you go down and, and get all of the prescriptions to get medical marijuana, right? You cannot own a firearm. Oh, ah, interesting. Legally, okay, because, because you've admitted you, to it. You've admitted to using drugs that are still illegal under the federal system. Okay, all right. So anyway. Um, those people, you can't, it's illegal for them to possess, own a firearm, no matter what circumstance. Um, and one of the problems with an individual, if you are an individual living in a jurisdiction where the, the chief law enforcement officer, the sheriff Mm -hmm. just doesn't think that there is a need for, for individuals to own a a fully automatic weapon or a suppressor, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to sign off. So, so... Even so, if you're living in the wrong place, mm-hmm. you cannot acquire these now, is individually. That the case? Is
1: that the case anywhere in our coverage area? Is that the case in
0: in Nevada? In, in Nevada, I, I think the our 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 chief law enforcement officer is fair, fairly uh, pro firearm and okay. and and probably wouldn't have any problem issuing the the letter. Mm-hmm. But if you apply under a trust, mm-hmm. those requirements are not required. Okay, And so that, that's what, why the, the gun trust came about, is you could form a trust, um, a, acquire a stamp, mm-hmm. and not only uh, is the trust deemed the owner, but multiple trustees have a right to use that that. Oh, suppressor. now that's
1: interesting. So a family, for instance. Sure. Okay.
0: If you individually get a, a, a stamp, a, a license for a suppressor, mm-hmm. And uh, you give it to your friend, say, hey, take this out to the range and try this out, see how you like it. Mm-hmm. You've now convicted or uh, committed a felony. And the felony wow. uh, and the, the, the penalties are 10 years in prison or $250,000. Now,
1: is that for the person providing the weapon or
0: the person shooting the weapon? Both of them. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so the trust was designed to kind of get around that problem that is created. Within the law. Within the law, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it, it makes no sense to prohibit you from taking a, a, a suppressed firearm and, and loaning it to a, a law-abiding citizen mm. and have him shoot it. But right. technically, that, that was a violation. Okay. So a, a trust was initially designed to address that issue and, and allow multiple trustees to have the right to use that firearm. Okay. So,
1: and, and that's the service that you provide at
0: Brian A. Lowe Associates, correct? Yeah. We, 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 yes. The, a, a, a gun trust is also advantageous because it's, you don't want the same successor trustee that is in charge of ad- administering your assets, your, your financial accounts right. to all, all of a sudden now, uh, be the one that, that necessarily is in charge of managing your firearms collection to, to make sure that that uh, nobody goes to jail when uh, a firearm is transferred to an heir that may live in California. And if that firearm happens to be an AR-15, all of a sudden the successor trustee is now committed a felony and the receiver of that firearm in California that didn't go through the proper channels is now is also uh, has committed a felony.
1: Yeah, at previous episodes of Ask the Experts, I've talked with Brian A. Lowe, and he has definitely talked about uh, the division between a medical Trust and a uh, financial trust, and now we're talking about a gun trust, and it's very important to keep those separate, so that because the criteria by which you you delegate authority over these areas might be different, and they might go to different
0: individuals, completely different, completely different. I mean, you know, there are people that 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 uh, uh, have different opinions of firearms, think they're the worst thing in the world, mm-hmm. they need to be banned, they they should they have no place in right. society. Then you've got, got other people that look at them as a very uh, uh, beneficial thing that can be used to hunt, to, to for self-defense, for for, uh, target practice, for shooting, uh, so forth. There's all kinds of reasons.
1: So um, when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more about who you want to put in charge of your firearms collection and how you go about that process using a gun trust with Brian A. Lowe & Associates. We're speaking with Bob Wynn. If you've got a question for us, give us a call at 702-257-5396. You're listening to Ask the Experts with Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Now back
0: to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN.
1: Welcome back. I'm Brian Black talking to Bob Wim from Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for us about gun trust, give us a call at 702-257-5396. So we've talked about some uh, decisions that led up to the... uh, the, the regulation of certain types of firearms, including short-barreled uh, shotguns, machine guns, other kinds of destructive de- devices, and most particularly suppressors, um, which have become very, very popular these days. Um, kind of inexplicably, out of nowhere, people just love buying suppressors these days, and they're hard to buy.
0: Is that correct? You haven't shot one. That's why it's inexplicable to you. Oh, I've I've what, shot one. I've I've shot a, 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 a suppressed gun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Down at American Shooters,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they they just make the, the 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 sport of shooting so much more enjoyable. It it doesn't. It's not surprising to me. I mean, wh- first time I shot one was uh, uh, happened uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And first thing you want to do is go out and buy one.
1: Or they just are they are they making more of them? Are they is is that the deal? Is that the, there's more variety? It's more, more they're they're easier to find. Maybe they're,
0: they're 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 making more of them. There's more companies doing. They're doing a better job. Uh, I mean the, the suppressors now that that uh, they're making are uh, you know they're they're, they're great little devices that uh,
1: they're sometimes incorrectly called silencers which is not the case at all you know
0: they don't silence it. no not at all they they suppress it mm-hmm. uh, but yeah silencer everybody there's a lot of people that use uh, the term silencer it doesn't doesn't bother me but so- uh,
1: so if you're interested in buying these firearms, the uh, National Firearms Act has set a bunch of regulations and uh, uh, steps that you have to go through. And what we've been talking about is setting up a gun trust, very specifically a gun trust, uh, to, in order to facilitate that process and also regulate how your firearms, once you pass away, are distributed to your heirs. Now, how do you set up a gun trust?
0: Setting up a gun trust is is, is uh, very similar to um, setting up a regulator. A trust. You, right. you have uh, grantors, trustees, successor trustees, um, and a separate legal entity that uh, that can own, technically own legal ownership of the firearm. Okay. And and what we've been talking about primarily are are the uh, the NFA firearms. But just because you don't have a, a, a fully automatic weapon or a short barreled rifle right. shotgun, uh, it doesn't mean that you can't benefit from a gun trust. A gun trust that is properly prepared not only accomplishes uh, the the, the, the uh, setting up a, a separate legal entity that can hold firearms. Mm-hmm. If it's set up right, it walks you through the process, uh, informs not only the grantor but a successor trustee what right. laws are mm-hmm. uh, that pertain to the firearms, and 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 walks people through the administration of a trust. Tells people, okay, what do you do when somebody becomes incapacitated? Right. That person shouldn't have possession of of a you know a, uh, a, a, a one of these NFA firearms under the act, and so the, the the gun trust can be used to to walk grantors of the trust, the the original owners, and right. successor trustees and, and other trustees that may have a right to these, walk them through the laws so that they don't commit unintentional felonies.
1: It's all about planning. It's just like planning your will. It's just like planning uh, your, your different trusts for your finances. And as we talked about it before, it's very important to keep these separate because, you know, for instance, uh, say, for instance, you're doing your, your financials and you want to leave all your money to your teenage son. Uh, you don't want to leave your, your, well, you might not want to leave your your firearms in his sole possession. Uh, you might want to put some certain restrictions on that. And you want to make sure that he's uh, he's educated and eligible uh, for those things. That can all be done in a trust.
0: And and the other thing, it, it, as we keep having these tragedies and, and, and there are more legislation that is proposed, uh, I think one of the, the, the directions that this legislation is going is to restrict transfers right of these uh, firearms and a trust can, can can go on for hundreds of years mm-hmm. so it, it, the trust can own this property your kids can use your firearms after you pass away right. your grandkids can use those firearms they they can all be kept in a trust for a long long time and
1: it's 100% legal
0: and it's and there's no transfer it's,
1: so because it all is still owned it's by owned the trust. by the trust so uh, say for instance, you don't have a gun trust and you, you have regular weapons, uh, uh, NFA weapons doesn't matter. Um, what happens if you don't have a trust?
0: I'll give you an example. Let's say when uh, a father passes away and he wants his son to have his AR15 right, and he leaves that in his will, he says, mm-hmm. my, "My son gets my AR15." right The successor trustee, he's really good at managing finances, right, handling money. he doesn't have a clue. About firearms, he says, "Okay, the the son gets the the, the AR fifteen. Where does his son live? Oh, he lives in Los Angeles. Well, let's just ship this down to Los Angeles. Right. He's now committed a crime. He now committed a crime. The person receiving it has committed a crime, and and government loves to prosecute. It's a serious crime too.
1: It's a ten year prison sentence. Ten year,
0: two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine.
1: And and is there a pretty high conviction rate on that stuff? I mean, are they loved. They really." They really get people
0: for that. Ask any federal firearms license holder mm-hmm. about the government's attention to detail. Oh, I bet. You, you, you transpose a number on an application and... The, the federal government will come down on that federal firearms license holder big time. So
1: when you're planning your estate, and it, it, you can do this as as early as you're 18 years old, you can do it until the end of your life, it's all about planning. You're, you're setting up your living will. You're setting up your financial trust. You're setting up your estate planning in general, including a gun trust if you're a gun owner. Even We're talking down, down to a single firearm, Correct. Uh, sure and so you know including that in in your planning is very important so uh- I'm a guy, I've got a few guns, I I have decided to either implement or revise my estate planning, I give Brian A. Lowe and, so, and Associates a call, 702-259-0002, I set up an appointment, I come to talk to Bob Wynn, what's the first thing that we do?
0: Well, after taking care of your financial matters, right. I, I'm going to ask you if you own any firearms, and you say, yeah, I, I own several firearms, and and unfortunately, none of my family members have one a bit of interest in them. Okay we we figure out what you want to do with those and and we we div- uh, draft a trust to tell your successor trustee what to do with those firearms and that
1: can include the sale of the firearms and, and, or even it, the destruction it, it will, of them if will, you wanted to
0: it will walk the trustee through what needs to be needs to happen to to sell them to 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 destroy them you can donate them to a museum you can you can create a uh, charitable uh, – turn it into a, uh, a charitable trust, get a tax donation or mm-hmm. a deduction uh, from the donation of those firearms uh, and a tax break. There's all kinds of things you can do. But we, we address it specifically as they relate to your, the firearms. And
1: so – and you would not be able to effectively include this in your regular trust though? No. No. Just because of the the very specific legal requirements of the government under the
0: National Firearms Act. Not only that, but you would be setting up your, you would not want to do that. There are too many reasons that I can't go into in the time that we want, that we have here. Well, it sounds like
1: if you are interested in this subject, you might need a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) So if uh, you want to give Brian A. Lowe and Associates a call, set up an appointment to talk about a gun trust 702-259-0002 if you'd like to uh, ask bob a question right now our number is 702-257-5396 you're listening to ask the experts on am 720
0: kdon now back to ask the experts on Talk
1: 720 kdwn Welcome back. If you've got a question for Bob Wynn of Brian A. Lowe & Associates about gun trusts, give us a call at 702-257-5396. I'm Brian Black, and we are talking about the National Firearms Act. We're talking about uh, setting up your estate planning to take care of your guns and uh, your gun collection. Now, I'm sure that there's people uh, listening who are familiar with these laws, who are familiar with the act, who are familiar with the tax stamp, um, that... They've gone to a, a gun store, and there's a little one-page trust that you can fill out at a gun store. Correct? Uh, that's correct. And what's what's that all about? Are those well, the, is that a the, legal document?
0: Uh, it, it very well could be a legal document, uh-huh. but it it's not going to accomplish what you, you want to have accomplished if you're going to. Uh, own a, 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 a NFA firearm.
1: So uh, what these, what the stores are doing is they are operating within the law to set up a trust so that you are able to uh, just what we're trying to do uh, with with your type of gun trust, but. It's very
0: limited? Well, the, the gun stores shouldn't be setting up a trust. The, the, they, sh- they may ha- they have forms. Right, okay, I see. And then they say, here you go, uh, because if they're setting them up, they're practicing law without a license. Okay. Um, but but these gun stores are interested in selling suppressors. And, right. And, and, and so they want to sell a suppressor, and and they they want someone to, to use a, a, a one-page, two-page form uh, that allow them to get it into a gun trust because everybody knows how valuable it is to have these nfa firearms in a gun trust
1: and it's not just a a gun As i'm not trying to single anybody out this stuff's available on the internet these Uh, easy fill them out forms um what's the disadvantage of using a form like
0: that Uh, it doesn't it 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 technically allows the trust to own the firearm Mm -hmm. but it doesn't solve any of the problems with transfer it doesn't allow you to to have multiple trustees it doesn't tell the successor trustee what you want to your firearm what you want done with your firearms after you pass away it doesn't right. walk them through the laws that that pertain to this area of of law it just doesn't do any of that so our, our our trusts that we prepare the gun trust they're, they're probably 60 pages thick and it's it, 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 they're not, it's not designed to have all kinds of legal stuff that doesn't pertain. It It's the laws that, that a successor trustee or the trustees need to know to keep from uh, committing to jail. any felony.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it protects everyone. It protects sure. the people that are receiving your guns. It protects the people who are using your guns within the trust. It protects you. And, you know, obviously none of that can be downloaded on the Internet. Uh, it sounds like uh, this is a pretty serious uh, topic. It sounds like it's a pretty serious offense if you don't abide by the letter of the law and it sounds like you
0: probably need a lawyer. People have thousands and thousands of dollars in gun collections. Yes. It, a few hundred dollars in setting up a gun trust shouldn't dis- discourage somebody from taking properly planning for their for those types of assets.
1: And and when you say a few hundred dollars, now what I my understanding is is what you would do is you would do a gun trust in as part of your whole estate planning correct
0: uh, ideally we would mm-hmm. um because w- when we're doing a whole estate plan um we're addressing all aspects we're, we're collecting a lot of information from the clients to to do to handle all these things right when we're collecting all that information we've got it and and create drafting and, and preparing a gun trust at that point doesn't take a lot of time okay somebody comes in and says hey i've already got my estate planning done, but, hey, I I think this gun trust is a great thing. We've got to collect all that information again. And and so it it makes it not as economically feasible uh, uh, to, at that point – go through all of the the steps of setting a, up a gun trust, it, it makes it much more expensive. As part of a, a state plan, it, it's it's very, very reasonable. So, you know, even in the instance
1: that all you need is a gun trust, uh, you made a very valid point just a few minutes ago. You just spent $1,500 on a rifle. Um, wouldn't you like to spend just a few, few dollars more in order to make sure that nobody goes to prison for owning that rifle?
0: You, you would hope that you would care enough about your successor trustee and your beneficiary that you would want to try to avoid that situation.
1: So we've, we've set up our, uh, our gun trust. Is this something that needs to be revised over time? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, how often do you, do you suggest doing that? I mean, what's, what are the changing circumstances? I mean, I guess changes in the, the status of your relatives.
0: Sure. Sure. All kinds of things change. Uh, marital status changes. Mm -hmm. Um, um, uh, uh, Laws change, um, you know. Again, our, our trusts are incorporate the the, uh, the laws as are uh, exist at the time we create the trust. If there is a significant change in the law, we want to make sure our clients know that hey, there's been a change and now we've got to do this. Absolutely. And, you know, from the, the way the news has been talking
1: these days, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a change in the law in the next few years. I wouldn't either. So, you know, if you're interested in gun trust, one of the things that you can do, the first step to take, is go to SouthernNevadaLawyers.com. That is the website of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. There is information there uh, to get you started on to, to give you some general information and give them a call, 702 259 0002. It's a free
0: consultation, am I right? It is, and what does that involve? You come in there, and you and what do you do? We sit down and we talk to our clients. We say if we tr- we get to know them. We find out what what brings them in, what they want to accomplish, uh, and it's just a matter of explaining what what options are available. Most people coming in, they don't have a clue, right? What what they can do, and and when we we talk to them and we find out what their uh, what their priorities are, uh, what their interests are, what their what their values are mm-hmm. uh, we can have a discussion about what they want to do
1: uh, i've known the people at brian a low and associates for going on seven years now and i cannot more highly recommend a group of people uh as far as trustworthiness and um and don't just take my recommendation uh for this go to the website check out how these guys have been rated uh in the professional societies over the years um SouthernNevadaLawyers.com. Please make an appointment with Brian A. & Associates if you have any estate planning to do, including a gun trust. Uh, speak to Bob Wynn or Brian A. Lowe. Uh, the number is 702-259-0002. That's 702-259-0002. Uh, we are out of time for the day, Bob. I really appreciate you coming in and talking about gun trust with us. I uh, hope you'll come back soon. I hope to. All right. Well, you've been listening to Ask the Experts on AM 720 K Don. I'm Brian Black, and we'll see you next week. We'll you